Welcome to InstaFame, the podcast about social media, influencers and digital creators, hosted by two people with no influence whatsoever. In fact, they might as well not even exist. Enjoy. What's up everybody? Jamal here. And I'm Monica. And this is InstaFame. This is the podcast where we interview influencers. We have an amazing, amazing guest. I was especially excited about this girl because I have been following her. A little too excited, people. (laughs) Yeah, possibly. But no, I have been following her for two years. It was her travel pictures that really inspired me when I was traveling. And so who do we have on? We have Of Leather and Lace, a.k.a. Tina Lee, a.k.a. Asian girl ranting. Which we'll get to that. Maybe that's going to be her new handle. I don't know. You're going to have to wait to find out. Or was it Asian woman ranting? It was Asian woman ranting. Asian woman ranting. Right, right, right. But this conversation was really great. And I love how raw and real Tina was with us because I feel like sometimes people aren't as open to talking about, you know, the difficulties and what it takes to be an influencer. And she really was open with us, which I really respect. She was a little too open to the point where there's a whole country that will probably not let her in after this podcast airs. That's how real she was. Which country it is? You're just going to have to listen to find out. Yeah, so stay tuned and check it out. We are here finally with Tina of Of Leather and Lace. Is that correct? Did I yes, say that right? That's correct. Yeah, we've been trying to get this interview on the books for I feel like a few months now, yes, actually. It's been a couple months, I believe. We made it happen though. We're here. And all we had to do was not do it in Brooklyn. <laughs> yes, actually that was super helpful. <laughs> We're in Manhattan now. I was like, yeah, so it's in Brooklyn. You're like, okay, I'm going to see what I can do. The second I was like, yeah, we're going to film it in Manhattan. She was like, sign me up. And I was like, I'm free um, basically every day. <laughs> well, we're so excited to have you here. I know Thank I've personally been following you for a couple years now. Oh, so wow. Thank you really so excited. much. Borderline stalker, if you, if you really want to <laughs> okay. be honest with it. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so, question for you. Of Leather and Lace, when you first started Instagram, do you feel bad that you started with that name or why did you choose that name? Do you wish that you had chosen your actual name or what are your thoughts on that? Uh, That's funny because I talk about this a lot with my friends nowadays because I'm thinking of maybe changing to Tina Lee. Um, But uh, three, four years ago, it was still a thing to really call your blog something catchy. And Leather and Lace were just two fabrics that I loved the most because I uh, worked in fashion design. So I thought it made a lot of sense to me. And also partially, I started the blog thinking I would start a fashion line. And I thought this would be a great way to attract the right audience. Um, Turns out it sort of transitioned into travel and lifestyle, and it's totally off track now. So maybe a name change could be happening soon. Do you have any hesitation with changing the name? Sometimes, yeah. I did do a poll, and then people did say it's sort of a easy to remember name whereas Tina Lee is kind of very like every day you have lots of Tina Lees they're yeah. all like Asian lawyers look in the Google. phone book <laughs> Tina Lee yeah so I'm, I'm not sure I'm a little torn yeah and I think that's a big part about just kind of being an influencer is the whole branding piece yes. of it so once someone does know you for your name whether it's something crazy like XYT7Z 
people just start remembering that. So if you did change it, yeah. people might be like, where is she? I yeah. don't see her in my feed. What's going on? I was going into the subway, I think, two days ago. And then some girl just turned around and saw me. She was like, uh, oh, Lerla. And I was like, um, is she trying to say of leather and lace? But then she doesn't really know that the full name is of leather and lace. And then it was sort of like a mumble. And we caught it on video and we replayed it. And she actually couldn't really say it um, in full and sometimes it's also hard to type and also for people where English is not their first language maybe it's harder for them to hear it and then immediately type it out because um, I have a lot of Asian followers as well so yeah let's actually let's back up you jumped into her changing her name I was curious <laughs> about the name because that's what let's I've always been wondering yes and know more about What's your background? Mm -hmm. Yes. Talk about that, where you were born. Yeah. Not Um, too long, though. Okay. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I was born in Taiwan, and then I grew up in Australia. I spent like 14 years there, and eventually made it out to New York for fashion design at Parsons. And then I started working as a fashion designer, specifically in lingerie. And um, it was just a very, unfortunately, low-paying job as a designer. And it was really hard to also sort of move up um, at the pace that I wanted to. And so I kind of decided I needed to start something on my own. And I also really wanted to have more of a creative outlet. Even though I was a designer, it was mass market design. So there really wasn't a lot of creativity involved. And so I started a blog and then started to try and grow Instagram. And three years later, I'm here. So you did this only three years later. Or three 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 years years later. I'm an idiot. Three years prior. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Almost exactly three years ago. Celebration anniversary. Get the <laughs> yeah, the anniversary was last out. month. Yeah. So when you first started Instagram, did you have a strategy going into it? Were you like, I need to grow fast, or what was your thought going in? Yeah, actually, I didn't know anything when I started. So um, at first, it was a trial and error, and I had no idea what anything was. So I would just sort of post things and make little short, catchy captions because. That sort of was a thing back then. And now people are like, you need to make long captions. But so I started and then eventually I met people on the platform. And then they gave me a lot of info on like back in the day, there were comment pods, there was follow and follow, and there was all these methods, giveaways. And then you learn like loop giveaways and then secret giveaways. And so like every method technique, I, I've heard everything. Um, there's probably nothing out there that I haven't heard of. But and tried? Uh, I haven't tried everything, but I've tried um, things that I feel are ethically acceptable. Um, and so, so you've purchased fault. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so I've done a few giveaways where I felt like it made sense, but I haven't done that in a long time. I think probably over a year um, because I just don't think it makes any sense anymore. It's just not a valid way to have quality followers and it's just easier to grow slower and really retain the followers because then you get stronger engagement right is that what you're seeing where um people who are following you really want to follow you versus a giveaway where it's like follow me and we'll give you this and then they're like i don't really like this person so i'm gonna not follow her or well unfortunately the 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 engagement no matter how you gain your followers engagement is kind of really crappy right now Uh, there's not much you can do about that and i 
personally feel like it's just going to keep getting worse. Um, that does seem to be the trajectory. Uh, but I just think that uh, giveaways, the majority of your are okay sometimes, but the majority of your audience should still consist of people who actually know who you are and recognize you on their feed. Otherwise, on, in the long term, it's just lost. Yeah, yeah. So I just want to back up to when you first started posting. So you were doing little posts here and there. When did it start to pick up for you? And when did you go, well, I'm going to leave my job? Or, you know, if you're still there, I have no idea. Yeah. So in the beginning, um, I got to around 10K by just slowly posting things. And then I started trying to find photographers to collaborate with in the city. And it was steady growth um, every month. And it also came at a timing where I my job was just at a point where I wanted to switch. So I quit and then I started a long, like a month long of traveling. That's when it really picked up. I actually was, I started as a fashion blog and then I noticed all these fashion bloggers are traveling um, and then incorporating fashion. So I was like, maybe I'll try that too. I love traveling and I've been to places before. So, um, and particularly I had one photo from a, a hotel in Milan go viral it was shared everywhere and then overnight there was like one or two thousand followers and at first I thought it was spam but then that's when I realized the the power of viral growth is really real is real so that's when I was like okay I'm gonna keep doing this so I kept trying to create viral-esque content and um for at least another year maybe even two um, before I started to tone down the, the viral, because like viral content, there's a certain quality to it. And it's not always quality content or content that represents you. You just want it to get shared. So yeah. it's a very different kind of vibe. So that's sort of how I started to grow in the beginning, actually. I guess you could call that a strategy. Yeah, no, it seems like you were doing something very specific and it was kind of working. I'm just always intrigued by like that moment when you're like, wait, this is kind of this Working. might work. I can maybe yeah. not do this as a job and do this as a job. Yeah. And what year was that? How long ago was that? That was actually 2017. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, like, not even a year after starting. I definitely quit too early. Guys, don't do this. <laughs> have enough savings. Have an income. Don't do what I did. It was very irresponsible. But I, I had, like, a healthy amount of savings. I quit. <laughs> Do you think that you had motiv more motivation because you quit? Um, definitely. Yeah. I had to, I gave myself two years. And um, before the two years was up, I did manage to make a profit. So, but it was towards the end. And I really don't recommend people give themselves two years. I feel like maybe one year and be already on track to seeing the income before you quit. It was very risky what I did. Yeah. I'm done with this. I'm out of here. Do you even have an Instagram handle yet? No, but I'm done. <laughs> yeah, you know, I get a lot of people asking me like, hey, how do I do this full time? And I go into their profile and it's private. And I'm like, no. Uh, yeah, that's not going to work. 
<laughs> well, no one can see your profile, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, clown. <laughs> so, okay, so when you first started, I know you said you were looking for photographers around to take pictures of you. Mm-hmm. Now, I know you're married. Congratulations, Thank by you. the way. Um, did he take your pictures? So, at first, we tried, definitely. Um, I had a nice camera. Um, which I didn't know how to use. It was so bad to the point where we would take the photos, it was blurry, and we're like, why is it blurry? And then maybe a few hours later, we realized we didn't even put it on autofocus. It was on manual the entire time. <laughs> they still had the cap on. They were like, man, these are some dark photos. I can't what see anything. <laughs> it's black and white. <laughs> it was pretty bad. Like, we really didn't know anything. And then so I decided to look outside and he wasn't also that into it. He never got into it. But um, in the long run, it turned out to be a great thing because I developed a new skill. I now do photo and video, and I also create, like, I shoot for other people as well. So that's sort of oh, another income stream. Interesting. We'll have to talk more about that. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, Good. for some reason, I always assume that the Insta hubbies or, or Insta boyfriends are shooting <laughs> the photos because it's like, wait, she's in a bed with some... Petal the roses on. She doesn't yeah. have clothes on. Who's shooting that photo? Yeah, most of those are actually my tripod. If it, you see it in the hotel room, most of them are my tripod. Sometimes, you know, if a friend is there, they will help, or if it's my husband. But actually, I have had several times where it's indoors, and my husband was just next to me, and he's just on his phone, like playing video games, and I'm shooting on a tripod. I'm like, no. He's like, do, do you need my help? I'm like, no, no, Mike, I got it. Use my remote, and oh. it's just good to be self-sufficient. So uh, that's like kind of like that Tracy, Tracy Ellis Ross thing where she, like, does her own photos a lot. She actually, like, shoots some. So I didn't know that that was – that's cool, actually. That's really awesome. There's this uh, – you shoot in this one location, and I wanted to ask you about it. You can see the view of the city. It looks oh. like – is that a, an apartment? or that's our apartment. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's gorgeous. <laughs> we got lucky. We're yeah. coming over tonight. <laughs> She says she only lives six blocks from here. We're not going to say where we are, but we know we can do the We know math. the area. <laughs> yeah, it's that uptown view. Yeah, that's great. We got lucky. That's a dope. That's actually kind of like evergreen content, right? You're kind of it like, really I haven't shot anything in two days. Oh, look, outside my window. It's just so easy. And then if there's like a campaign and you're like, oh, shoot, uh, what should I do? And you're like, well, just take a photo here. And yeah, it's pretty good. That makes sense. So that's interesting. He has nothing to do with your uh, exploits. But yeah, I do yeah. see him in some photos here and there. Do you have to like coax yeah. him then? Because I think yeah. like, there was a photo of you on like a rooftop with him. Mm-hmm. That was when um, our friend um, Jerome helped us for that one because I couldn't possibly do the tripod like that. But um, usually at home, I set everything up with the tripod and all the lights and whatnot. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to borrow you for five minutes. Just come and sit here. Arch your back, like put sit your back straight, and then um, we take the photo, and then he's done. Does so, he have an Instagram as well? Actually, he created one recently, a secret Uh-oh. one, so he could look at our wedding stories because <laughs> he said you can't look at it on a computer. So he actually created an account. It was cute. Oh, that's nice. I, I have to ask too. So you call him Mr. D? Is yeah. that his nickname? It's his name. Okay. But he just likes to remain anonymous. Gotcha. So I just use the first initial of his name. Gotcha. He Interesting. could be David, Daniel. It could know. be anything. 
Drake. I don't know. Drake. <laughs> you pick. <laughs> she Take said your Drake. Name. <laughs> what? Tina Liz with Drake? This is amazing. <laughs> I did notice you were in Canada not too long ago on a on a project. <laughs> I guess so. Could happen. So do you do you find that most of your followers follow you for the fashion or travel or both? Um, I would say more travel. Yeah. Definitely. Um you can tell with the engagement. Yeah, they definitely are into the views, the epic kind of looks, and the flowy dresses, and very extra stuff. So how much do you travel? So for right now, it's um, at least once a month, sometimes twice, depending on how many projects there are, or like uh, also depending on the season. So in March, April, May, there were all the flowers, so I was sort of around the world everywhere chasing all these seasons. So it really depends. Now, when you travel, are those self-funded or does it depend on the trip? Do you get sponsored to go places? So um, in the beginning, actually up till maybe half a year ago, I was just sponsoring all the trips myself. Um, but I do work with hotels. So a lot of the expenses is mostly just flights. Um, but uh, recently I've been doing more trips and some of them are uh, free trips, some of them are paid trips, so it depends on who I'm working with. Gotcha. I want to go back to that first time there was a paid trip. How did that work? Can you say who that brand was? Were you like, oh, they want to pay me to do this? <laughs> like, what was that feeling like? Can I say? I guess I can. Yeah. I mean, it's all written on the feed, like ad and everything. So basically, if there's a hashtag ad, it's paid. And um, sometimes if you tag a brand, but there's no hashtag ad, it could mean um, maybe if there's a branded tag, it could also be paid or it's just a, a gifted collab. So in the first one was Fairmont Hotel and they had... Um, 90th anniversary and it was a very big deal so uh, a few yeah of us I, I read that blog post that was the one in toronto yeah yeah, yeah 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 it was um yeah that looked crazy it was really cool it, the people were great they were so nice the staff was, was lovely the rooms were beautiful um at that time it was my first trip so i had no idea like i well i didn't have no idea but like it was like i didn't i kind of like uh you were a rookie. So I slowed myself short. Yeah. And I was like, oh, um, just th this much. And then <laughs> later on, I realized that was kind of a really, really low amount. But I mean, I was really happy doing it. I was just happy to go and create content. And, you know, when it's your first gig, you always want to do a good job. And you just want to make sure you can be on board and show people what you can do. So I don't think too much about that. Now she's like, F you, pay me right now. I'm not even taking any photos. Get out of my face. No, I still do um, a lot of like uh, non-paid trips too because it's fun and um, depending on the location. And to get content. Yes. To keep up the feeding the beast, if you will. Yeah, but I have too much content right now. It's actually a problem. It's a good problem. Too much content. Yeah, because I plan, I shoot a lot when I travel. Like, I don't just shoot once in the morning. Like, I would try to do two or three locations in the morning and then maybe two in the afternoon. So after maybe even a two-day trip, I would have so many photos to post for so long. And actually, I can never get to them. So there's always, like, leftover content somewhere on my hard drive. That's a lot of content. That is actually something, like... When I used to look at people's feeds, I used to be like, oh, wow, that's weird. I thought they were 
in New York today, but <laughs> that photo is yeah. in Milan. Paris. Wait, what or... the? Now I'm just like, oh, people post out of order and yeah. they post. But yeah. at the time, you know, rookie yeah. Instagram follower over here didn't realize that people were just like doing throwback photos and whatnot. You know, used to be in the moment and chronological. No more. Now it's like last February. I'm like, wait, last February? It's <laughs> winter that. here. What the heck is going on? <laughs> yes, we know you do that. That's why I said it. <laughs> so when you went on your first paid trip, did they reach out to you or did you reach out to them? They reached out to me. Okay. Yeah. Actually, for uh, probably up until that point, I wasn't really reaching out to anybody except hotels. Um, probably more personality than anything. I'm just very <laughs> reclusive. Like I tend to just sort of stay at home and I'm just like work on my camera and then do my edits. And that's just sort of what I'm really into. And I should really get a manager. But um, <laughs> yeah, so I never really did those outreach. And, and eventually they slowly started coming in. But after like a few collabs, then they really do start to come in sort of all of a sudden. And how many subscribers, uh, followers did you have at that point when they reached out to you the first time? Maybe it was like a 150K or something. Okay. But I would say a lot of people start way earlier than that. I know a lot of people. Not a lot, but I know some people who are at um, 50 to 100,000 who also go on paid trips, uh, non-paid trips. So um, it just, the price differs, but definitely people can make a full-time job out of it at a lower follower count. That's crazy. In my mind, I thought you needed to have like Kim Kardashian, yeah. 50 million <laughs> to like go crazy. But no, it's like, oh, you can kind of, you know, be have 50K, 100K. 200k which is kind of where you're at and seems like you're doing all right you got that view i'm trying to come over and just hang out eat some drink some wine you yeah. know those california wines you were posting about it also depends a lot on who they know like what pr mm-hmm. company knows them and who, who they know and who they're on good terms with and what kind of great job they've done before the quality of their content and if they're on time if they're professional so those are all things that the, the pr companies take into consideration and also um you guys probably know have heard this everywhere but microbloggers are actually great in terms of the return for a company very true yeah i have heard that in terms of the engagement rate uh, because the lower the follower count the more instagram thinks that you're somebody's friend rather than an influencer um so that's part of the reason why they're actually like really great to work with I think people who want to get into travel influencing, I know from experience, um, you want to do... Here we go again, guys. I'm so sorry for the soliloquy. She's going to talk about how she's a failed influencer and yada, yada, yada. But not a, failed, not a failed influencer. I think it's more of I, I saw what an influencer, what it takes to be an influencer because I, I moved to China and I wanted to do the travel thing. Wow. And then I realized how hard it was. And I saw people like you who were like, oh, I want to go to hotels for free and get all this stuff for free. I'm going to become a travel influencer. And it looks so easy and it looks so glamorous. And then you actually do it and you're like, wow, this takes a lot of planning. It takes money. Mm -hmm. It takes so many things. So kind of when you go on those trips, what does it take to get the shot that you're going for? Mm, it, well, it usually takes hours of planning. Sometimes I even make PowerPoints for what wait, I wait, wait, wait. A PowerPoint. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she said she makes Microsoft 
PowerPoints. I do. I, I got to hear about this PowerPoint. This is really interesting. <laughs> well, actually, it's just it was for better communication with the other people involved that say there's a photographer and I want to visually give them an idea of where we're shooting at. And I was in the beginning, I was sending them all these pictures and I was like, look, this is where we're going to go. This and this and this. You were sending them like a Pinterest board. Now yeah. you were like, wait a minute, let's step it up. Microsoft. Yeah, so now I have it down to like the hour where we're going and then sometimes I even put my outfit on it. And visually for me, it's really helpful. So I don't have to scramble together an outfit last minute the day before um, and not be able to sleep or something. Then I can just sort of put it on the bed and then get up and go. So it's really great for the photographer as well. So you're like really planning this out to a T. It depends on the, the trip. Yeah. So what's a moment when you're not kind of planning it and you still get like a cool shot or like like interesting video or, or something to that effect? Uh, if I'm not going to a place that's very high on my bucket list, um, maybe like Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and they're not inviting you back. Passport denied. No, I love Vancouver. No. We love you, Canada. Gotcha. In other news, so Tina does not like Vancouver. That's going to be the <laughs> title it, of this podcast. It was, it was <laughs> really nice there, but I went for a wedding, so it also depends on like the purpose of the trip. Sure. So that was part of the, yeah. Wasn't the top of your list. Yeah, so if there's a lot of um, places that are... Wait, you're saying your friend's wedding wasn't at the top of... No, I'm just kidding. I'm just trying to... <laughs> Jamal! <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. Stirring up trouble. Stirring it up. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, there's a lot of beautiful cities around the world, but there's a certain quality to a city that makes it Instagrammable. Um, there's even certain ways to frame the view or uh, the, the ways the buildings are built, like the size of them, if it's too vast or if the view is too... You know, flat, then in person it looks beautiful and it's an amazing experience. But in it's photos, hard to it's, shoot. it's hard. Yeah. yeah. That's actually a good point. Yeah. I didn't think about so that. So hilly, hilly cities are great. You know, they have views. They have viewpoints. Places with castles. Um, lakes are harder because it's usually flat. You know, so it really depends oh, on where. She's schooling us right now. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, you don't want people in the back of your shot. Yeah. So... Are you getting up at the crack of dawn? Like how, or are you just editing them out? I'm getting up early. Yeah, definitely. Not just because well, I can edit them if I want to. It would be harder, obviously. But um, it's just also less pressure on me and the photographer when we're shooting. So we don't have to like wait for the opportune moment. We can just go there and then bang it out and leave and go eat breakfast or something. So when you're traveling, do you find a photographer that's in the location or are you bringing them with you? Yeah, I do both. Um, previously, I would travel a I'm lot. I'm a photographer. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not <laughs> He's not. <laughs> Where do you want to go? Dang. <laughs> Shut me down over here. We're just going at it today. No. Love you, man. <laughs> Love you, sis. That's <laughs> another one of those things where if it's a super Im important destination in my mind, I may bring somebody on board so that we can really get up together at the same time and they do a full-on schedule and by the end of it we're all like uh, deprived of sleep and everything but um, it's always really worth it and I find like-minded creatives who are really into doing that kind of intensive schedule as well so it's always a, a good way to bang out all the content but if it's not that intense then I just find someone local or I shoot myself 
Yeah. Got you. Did you have something? Yeah. Okay. So I've noticed that you kind of work with a lot of the same people here in New York specifically because yeah. I'm probably following them as well. Yeah. Stalker. <laughs> uh, okay. Thanks, man. Um, so how important is it to have a group of people that you work with consistently? Um. I would say for the sake of quality and communication and efficiency, it's rather important, but it's definitely not a must. There's a lot of talented people. Obviously, in a place like New York, I'm sure mm -hmm. I could probably get anybody and they're all like super talented. But I just prefer the easy communication and they already know the things I'm into. And so it, it's almost like we don't need to communicate. Yeah. Gotcha. It's mind meld. Mm -hmm. telepathy no i'm just kidding <laughs> so one thing i wanted to touch upon is yeah. the kind of asian influence that you bring mm -hmm. and does that give you a certain perspective do you have certain fans that expect certain things from you you can obviously go to you know china and taiwan yeah. and all that kind of stuff and maybe do something interesting that maybe somebody who's not mm -hmm. couldn't do talk about that experience kind of just you know being taiwanese and yeah, like Being an I, can, influencer. I can wear all Asian costumes and there's no cultural appropriation. <laughs> Very I true. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> like I yeah. can wear like Japanese stuff and people won't even know I'm not Japanese. There you go. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Now <laughs> they do know. Gotcha. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, well, the, this is a, I'm so glad you asked this question. It's actually the first time I've been asked this. But actually, I think race plays a huge part in the influencing. Um, not just in terms of how you look. That's the first very obvious part. Like when they can identify with you, it's just so much easier to like what you're doing or, or put themselves in your shoes. So that's like the number one thing, appearance. But secondly, also like just habits. Even when I'm pr promoting skincare products, like the type of skin or the type of food or the type of destinations they like to go to and even the type of aesthetic. So like I would say Asian aesthetic maybe is a little bit more luxurious mm -hmm. or um, epic and there's a lot going on in the frame or it's more colorful and vibrant. That's just all generalizations. But um, I think the Asian part does influence a lot of what I do. And I do notice a lot more um, either Asian American or actual Asian, uh, Asians who live in any part of Asia who are more engaged with your content because you're yeah. speaking their language so to speak yeah. but then you're also kind of bringing an american slash australian slash new york vibe to it as well so how do you kind of mix and match those vibes to create you know of yeah. leather and lace which is you know the current brand yeah it's actually hard to sort of uh, take care of everybody so to speak like I do want to put more like I try to put more Chinese in it but then I always forget because I'm living here and my husband doesn't speak Chinese so um, I feel like sometimes I neglect the the people who prefer that I also put Chinese in there mm, um, but it, it did start out in New York and in the US and I my the majority of my audience is still English speaking I think it's like 90 something percent oh, English okay. speaking yeah. Yeah, I was surprised wow. interesting um, but so it's it's hard to sort of combine everything, but it, I think it does make you unique, though. Yeah, so it kind of just gives a little something different than, and you can see that in your, in some of the stuff you do too, where it has some of those Asian elements that 
catch your eye. You're like, ooh, but then of course there's that yeah. New York aspect mm-hmm. to it, you know, buildings yeah. and whatnot. And the fashion as well yeah. tends to be edgier, but then there's also some elements that, of it that are yeah. more casual and smooth or colorful, I guess is probably the right right word, what you're saying. I think it's a personal choice of how you want to brand yourself. Um, a lot of people say like niche is better, but unfortunately, because this is a personal brand and we are multifaceted people and I just couldn't niche down to like Asian focused or US focused or anything like that. I just, I love so many things. I want to do everything. So I'm a little bit greedy in that sense. And I've just embraced it. I, I can't do niche stuff. Yeah. So speaking about that, kind of the difficulties of the balance, what else do you find kind of difficult about just being an influencer? So obviously you mentioned you have a lot of content and you have to go through it all constantly. Then, of course, there's always the need to feed the beast. Do you ever like get crazy if you haven't post something in like 24 hours? You can't sleep at night. Yeah, that's definitely a bit of the pressure. I'm trying to do like a color feed for as long as I can. It's been about a year now and it's been consistent. So I'm happy about that. But that does come with a lot of pressure. There's like deadlines with projects with brands, but then I I don't want to sacrifice the color. So I have to specifically find a place with that color to shoot all of my branded content. And I have to know exactly when they want me to post so that I can plan all my feeds to that color. And then to the day I'm like, bang, okay, same color. So um, it's very troublesome when brands delay the approval of the content and I can't post it, but I'm already changing colors and then I'm waiting and I'm not posting and that's like... Oh, the horror. Oh, God, why? That was really stressful. It's it's (laughs) such a (laughs) small thing to worry about, but I'm kind of perfectionist. Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. It's interesting, obviously. From us, we're like, Ugh, the horror. But for you, as this is what you do, it is like... Not no, you do have or, to be consistent. It's not do or die, but it's like, oh my God, I got to get this out. It's got to be... What's your color yeah. scheme right now? It's like a It's bluish. going into dark blue and then yeah. um, into autumn colors, okay. like orange and yellow soon. So how often do you change? Do you do it based on seasons or... Just based on what I can get. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> like, yo, this skirt is blue. <laughs> it's <a> yellow. <laughs> but also based on season. I think yeah. people do love seasonal content. Mm. And because I went on a trip to Maldives this year when everyone else was posting fall content. So I actually got a DM and she was like, your feed used to be like this and this year it's just not like that anymore. So I don't really like it anymore. Wow. I was like, wow, thanks for telling she me. She threw some shade. <laughs> yeah, the Maldives are so ugly. <laughs> so that's actually another good question that I wanted to bring up. We had another guest on who talked about this, but if you're getting a certain follower, let's say back in 2017. Mm -hmm. And then, like you said, you start switching up your vibes. Do you notice people leaving or DMing and being like, I hate this. You just, you know, went to, you went to (laughs) (laughs) Toronto. No, no, you went to Vancouver. Vancouver. (laughs) um, Everyone, you know, that's back to like the question about what's difficult. (laughs) Oh, Sorry, let's, Vancouver. Let's not, let's not shit on Vancouver. <laughs> um, back to the difficulties. It's it's really difficult to to please everybody. Yeah. And um, partially, like the pride in me or the personality. Like even growing up, if somebody scolded me, I would cry. 
that's how much I cared about the 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 things I was producing, whatever it was, like homework or folding my clothes when I was a kid. And that's now, a wrinkle. Go to your room. <laughs> you know, and now when I grow up, I feel like I I really really work really hard and pour my heart and soul into everything I do and it's pretty sad when people are like I'm gonna leave you because I don't like this one thing you're like but how about all the hundred other things no, that I did I don't really? care about those other photos I don't care about the 10 photos I just liked at 2 p.m. it's 3 p.m. in this blue and yellow thing you posted nope I'm out of here yeah well and I think that influencers want to grow and want to change over time but the audience from what i've seen not the majority but a lot of them are very unforgiving and Mm -hmm. change you know i think it's best if you can um get an audience that can grow with you so so maybe a, a an age group that is fitting for you and for what you're going through in life is probably the best way now how do you build that connection with your audience do you always respond to messages or comments or how does that work yeah i try to respond to as many as i can sometimes i still miss some but um try to just even just say thank you or something in dms or they ask for a link i give them the link it's just small things like that you didn't respond to me (laughs) the other day actually she did that's why she's here on that on that vancouver post that i know okay so back to the difficulties i want to read one of your posts Uh um because it kind of goes along with that um so let me pull it up she's pulling up posts i'm pulling up posts okay you're in a gorgeous red dress oh yeah and you're saying my face here you go i'm just kidding my face my face (laughs) when i'm trying to take some photos and some random photographers start to take (laughs) pictures as if it's their photo shoot ladies i want to know how do you feel about situations like these and how would you handle it it really frustrates me especially when it's older men taking unsolicited photos of me i don't mean to be sexist or anything but that just makes me so uncomfortable interesting And I saw the video, you posted a video after it, because I really wanted to see. So I'm glad you posted that video. And I was like, there's these old dudes just taking pictures of you. Like, you know, they know you and it's their photo shoot. So what was that situation like? Yeah, I feel like it's one thing if you're doing something peculiar or you're in an ostentatious dress and then people whip out their phone and like snap and maybe just lightly laugh or then show somebody it's it's like whatever but these people with their dslr and then changing lens and then crouching and then just doing it along with us as if it was their photo shoot that to me crosses the the line i don't think we can do anything about it i'm not going to do anything about it but i just think socially it's inappropriate I just, I would feel so uncomfortable. Yeah. I'd be like, I don't even know what they're doing with those pictures. Yeah. Like, you they know what I mean? They could be going up on the wall. Yeah. They could be getting hot and heavy. <laughs> but like, I don't want to know that. <laughs> <laughs> la, 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 I can't hear you. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, that happens and, you know, that's kind of a difficult situation to be in. But. Yeah. In the end, I, I asked them to stop. I had to ask them okay. twice because they wouldn't stop Also, the first, the first time. time. They were just like, click, click, click. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. But I was surprised, you know, everybody has an opinion nowadays. And then people, a lot of people, you know, agree and have been in similar situations. But I also sometimes get people who are like, it's a public space. Deal with it. <laughs> like, but, yeah, but no. it's the balance. It's like, technically, I guess, yes, it's a public space, but culturally or you know being a good citizen of the world don't be creepy yeah yeah they're like f that 
Snap, 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 snap. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think about that. That's very interesting. Yeah. Now, you travel luxuriously from what I've seen. Have you yeah. Have you ever not traveled that way? Have you ever yeah, you traveled to... very luxurious. <laughs> very, yes. That, uh, there's a photo talking about Qatar Airlines, the bed laid back with bed yeah. of roses. I was, like think about the, I was talking about the bed of roses, even though I haven't <laughs> actually seen one in your photos, but I just... I, I think is. you're thinking of Bali, like the pool of ro- rose <laughs> petals. I, I think I've or... probably done everything with roses. <laughs> yeah, you know? see, she's done. I put them in a car trunk, I put them in a bathtub, I put them on my bed. <laughs> it's everywhere. But um, I, I started out with the intent of doing luxury travel. And it's partially because it's really what um, makes me happy. Um, but also... It definitely is not always that way, but I am conscious to only put that on my feed because that is the type of brand that I am consciously going for. Now, I always see you have these amazing spreads of food. I have to ask, like, do you actually eat Yo, that? I know, I'm, I'm getting mad. Like, I know. I, I, well, I want to know because I'm just like, that's all I, I stare that. at. I got wine. I'm thirsty. There's so much food. There's bread and cheeses and grapes. Yeah, the next time I post something like that, I'm going to put a caption disclaimer. I ate everything. Yes. (laughs) Well, most of the time I try to eat everything. And oftentimes, actually, it's with other people. So it's shared food. So there's very little waste. Um, But sometimes if I'm by myself, you do need to, like, be strategic about what you order. So I try to order the, the... um, the littlest amount of food, um, but spread it out in the spread. So, like, I put multiple plates and then one strawberry here, one strawberry there, and then one cup here. Sometimes the cups are empty, you know, because I don't want to order two cappuccinos and have it look really amazing. But I just put, like, nice cups there so it still fills the frame. I see. So, so you're eating most of it. Yes. That makes me happy. I mean, it looks and sad. And a little full. Yeah, I mean the picture would look sad if it's just one coffee cup. Yeah, like or one, one bagel orange. or something. It's like, <laughs> like, oh, that's sad. So, which country had the best spread? Um, oh, probably Paris. Oh yeah, that makes mm, sense. Yeah, mm, sounds right. Those, yeah. those baguettes and chocolate <laughs> yes, uh, croissants. They're so picturesque. Yeah, yeah. And so here's another thing that. Um, since you're travel and you're all about the travel influencing and kind of getting the photos, mm-hmm. a couple months ago there was like a backlash about influencers and traveling. Yeah. Have you run into that? Are people like, no, you can't come to my hotel. What are you doing? Oh. And also, do you constantly do that? Are you trying to get free stays? How does it work? Yeah. So Just so I can get free stays mostly. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Um, in the beginning, definitely, I I was especially when my savings was running low. I was like, I'll collab with anybody. <laughs> but um, Holiday Inn, <laughs> <laughs> <me>. Super Eight. <laughs> but the you know it's in Paris though. <laughs> the, lux- the luxurious <laughs> so, <laughs> Holiday Inn. Um, when it makes sense, I I always feel like a collaboration would be appropriate. But sometimes if I have a very intensive schedule, I'd rather pay money to stay somewhere more affordable and not have to worry and stress about being in the hotel room when the lighting is the best. So it really depends. I forget the question. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I was still thinking about holiday. No, I was talking about um, have you received any backlash, ah, backlash from yes. hotels or mm-hmm. other destinations, travel-oriented? That I know there are some getting fed up with 
all of these influencers mm -hmm. wanting to stay there for free. And obviously, I'm sure if somebody sees your photo, they're like, ooh, Tina went there. Now I want to go there. And then everybody wants to go mm -hmm. there. And then you get like this yeah. people who are kind of annoyed. Have you seen that a little bit? or So far, um, not really. In the beginning, actually, two years ago, there were definitely more hotels who were not on board with influencer marketing. So maybe, especially two years ago, I was maybe at, 50k or something i don't remember but um the quaint I, times <laughs> when, I, when i reached out and if i was like uh, with less followers they would really they would just ignore me or sometimes they'd write back and like you don't have enough reach Ooh, um, burn. <laughs> and then it's funny because i did that with a hotel and they're like no you're you you don't have enough followers and then i paid for it and because i'm like i just i need this photo like mm -hmm. i'm craving this photo so bad so i went there took a beautiful photo and then they come back to me and they dm me i'm like can you send us the high-res version of this photo <gasps> oh, to this email wow but that's it's a, when you it's ignore a different person, them. Though. Okay. So I think there was a miscommunication in the the hotel side and the PR side, and then they have since changed PR, and now it's amazing. Oh, <laughs> so okay. That's it really good. depends on who is handling the marketing and the PR. Yeah. So some people get it, some people don't, and yeah. it's about knowing yeah. who's who. And do you get tips from other influencers that you work with? Um, contacts or yeah definitely i feel like if you are friends with people it's sometimes okay to ask if like oh do you mind sharing this hotel contact you know there are also people who are very secretive it it depends on the approach and it depends on um what it's for if it's like paid it's always a little more sensitive but mm, very also true. like if it's my close friend i always wait until they've locked down everything and then they're always happy to share it, just like I am happy to share. I don't think it should be so secretive. Okay, in that case, what's their Vancouver contact? <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, was, uh, it was a great trip. It was a great trip. Um, so looking at your feed, you yeah. do have a lot of ads. So can you tell yeah. us like, how many people do you work with and how do you choose who, what products you're going to endorse? Are these all real ads? I've heard about that. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm digging here. Yeah. Walter Cronkite, yeah. my boy. Um, actually, so prior to uh, maybe August, I hardly had any ads um, because I just didn't reach out to anybody. I, I don't think people knew who I was or that I existed. So um, I was just doing my own thing. And, um, you know, right now it's also busy season for influences because it's a holiday. holiday yeah, season. it makes sense. Okay. Yeah. And also because I reached out to a lot of people for my wedding. Um, I just thought it would be such a perfect photo opportunity. I had uh, two videographers and two photographers and a makeup artist. So I was like, I really should try and um, make something from this. And I would be taking the content anyway. So that's sort of how it started for me. Um, and I think just there should be a balance as to like what you take on. So I don't think I would be taking on like, you know, like, I don't know what's a good example, like cheese crackers or something. Cause Ritz? Uh, maybe. Nabisco? 
I eat grits.、Uh, it just depends on what it is. You do、it's、eat grits? <laughs> it, it should like make sense, you know. So sure.、Um, let's say let's say beef jerky. Yeah. There's a lot of people、um, on like certain、um, influencer marketing websites, like trying to get influencers to market their beef jerky. But that's just something I never eat, and I would never advertise for it. Or Yeah, examples like that. So I try to keep it very authentic and and things that I would definitely use. Actually, mm, mm, over half of them recently are brands that I was already using. Oh, that's amazing! That's exciting.、Because、you know, when you when you're using something,、yeah. and then you get to oh, wait, you、yeah, want to pay me、amazing. to put this on my face? Yeah, yeah、exactly. but I, I just yesterday I put this on my face. Now you want to pay me to put it on my face? Okay. Yeah, exactly. It was amazing、um, because I had already, for example, like I had been using Foreo for years. It's a face wash device, and they emailed me, and I was like, oh my god, they just emailed me. Yes, like this is organic and everything, and I was like, this is great. Um, but also because I reached out to for the wedding, I made a list of all the things that were relevant in my life, and then I reached out that way. So it wasn't、mm-hmm. the other way around. It was more like I'm already using this. Let me see if they have some sort of budget or if if they want some quality content, and it worked out great.、Yeah. And then、um, going back to the wedding, yeah, let's talk and, wedding. And well, specifically since you mentioned that. Mr. D doesn't really care about the social media thing. Yeah, how did that work? Was he getting annoyed? Yeah, just talk about because I remember I want to say this was like six months ago, but I read this like big New York Times article where it was、mm-hmm. like influencing. Oh, influencers are killing. Like, I don't know exactly what the title was, but essentially, like it was wrecking honeymoons because nobody、oh. was happy、yeah. because everybody just wanted、mm-hmm. their perfect shot. Yeah, like how did you balance? Thing having to do all these brands、yeah. with, you know, saying I do and living happily ever after with the person you're supposed to、right. live for the rest of your life, etc., <laughs> etc. Et well,、um, I'm pretty lucky because he is a, a super easygoing guy. Even though he doesn't like to take my photos, if there's someone who will take the photos for us, he's like,、yeah, okay, you, you know. And、um, sometimes when I'm doing my own photos, he will go out and he booked like a tour at the Coliseum by himself, and was like, okay, bye, have fun.、And、I'm here like shooting my stuff. So there is a there is definitely a balance though that I tried to strike.、Um, but for this trip in particular, I. Didn't want to. This trip, you mean like your wedding? The wedding trip. <laughs> Just like for this trip, I'm like, wait, wait, you mean the, the thing? Okay. <laughs> I, I wanted to make really like collaborate with the the creators that came along because they were also my friends and we all had things that we wanted to shoot. So I already told my husband like, look, we're gonna be doing a lot of photos. Just can you just. Handle it for this trip, and then we'll have more chill trips in the future. Like we can go to places where it doesn't matter so much. But this one is very, very important for me, so I really communicated that, and he was okay. And for story, were you taking your own stories for your during your wedding? Yeah, the lucky thing is I had so many people coming, so I just designated a really close friend、mm. Jerome to do the stories for me. And、Smart. he's always been good at stories, and he's just very good at you know stabilizing the phone and and talking into the camera. So he did help me a lot getting the thing, so I didn't have to. I didn't even have my phone most of the time during the day because he was going around using my phone and filming everything or or helping film me.、Um, so I yeah, it was very stress free. 
So you got to focus on the getting married part and not so much thinking about the Instagram part of it. Yeah. Okay. So in other words, it didn't wreck your marriage. That's good. Or your wedding. (laughs) I mean, yeah, that's good. No, not at all. It was great. Yeah. That's awesome. And then I guess another thing that just popped into my head would be around um, kind of how you're using Instagram now versus Mm -hmm. how you were using it before. So obviously you mentioned stories. Stories are really big now. Everybody's posting them versus say a lot of people are ignoring the feed Mm -hmm. and not really posting pictures on their feed. Because one, it's a lot of work to post a great photo versus stories. You know, it's going to be gone in 24 hours. And then there's IGTV and a bunch of other crap I can't even and think of because I don't use it. Also, Cinemagraphs, which oh, yeah, Cinemagraphs, I you did hear that cool that, one yeah. with the wine. I thought yeah. it was cool. So yeah, talk about how you're using it now versus how you how you were using it previously. Mm. Um, I don't think I'll ever abandon the feed or like turn down on the feed, but I do think it depends on um, what type of creator you are. So if you're like a true influencer, let's say like more like reality TV type influencer, then it may be more important to always keep updated with your stories about what you're doing every day, the breakfast you're eating, and then the sweatpants you're wearing to where you're working out, (laughs) you know, Um, that's important. But you know, if I posted that, I don't think anybody would care. Yeah, like, and mm. I don't work out, so uh, <laughs> too lazy for that. Um, so I still focus a lot on the feed because I do want to continue to be wait, wait, a creator. Wait, wait, hold on. You don't work out at all? Huh? Uh, That's okay. No. I don't either. It's so. <laughs> <laughs> impressive. I've stayed in my, my apartment for two years now. I've been to the gym probably twice. Wow. <laughs> I like just it. so lazy. But I walk. Those are some good jeans. Yeah, I feel not like jeans like York- jeans you're wearing, but jeans like, <laughs> come on, people. Boy, we work out every day. We live in New York City. We, we're yeah, walking yeah, we everywhere. Walk this is true. This yeah. is true. But, but um, yeah, sorry. I interrupted oh, you. Yeah. So um, I do think that I want to always put out the content on the feed. And I think I will always care about how the feed looks because a lot of people are saying, like, post in the moment or don't worry about the consistency of the feed because that doesn't matter. But um, because I I would like to be considered as a content creator and almost like a, as a photographer or, or like a creative mind, so I will always care about that. Yeah. Okay, that's so. Now that we're sh- talking about Instagram, I want to continue something I mentioned um, just as we were talking was they're thinking about getting rid of likes. Oh yeah. What's your thoughts there? You also I, I noticed you also went to their office recently. Talk about yeah. that because I think that's just cool. But. We'll attack both. So first, I guess, about we'll the, the likes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, what's... That's crazy. Um, I personally, to be honest, I hate it. I hate the idea that it's going away. I feel like, oh, my God, all this hard work. And, I mean, they like, just said it was effort. a test. They're yeah, probably going to get rid of it. No, but... they're going to get rid of it. Like, everything <laughs> they test out always ends up happening. This usually. is a test that we're doing for real. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just think that it's... This is how the platform was made, with likes, with follower count. This is the vanity metrics that we live for. You're taking the fundamental core value away from this platform. Like, this is not what it was intended for. Like, people are meant to like that stuff. And now that they don't see people liking it, sure, they will still like, like what they truly like. But I know there's going to be a drop in engagement. And I've seen surveys there has been a drop in the places where um, it's been implemented on, and I get it. So um, I guess in the future, um, influencer marketing agencies will look more at reach and impressions than the like count, um, the engagement. 
Um, but still, I, I still feel like it's such a sad thing. Interesting. Well, she had a good viewpoint on that. Wow, I'm impressed. You've been doing research, looking at surveys and stuff. I was expecting you to be like, eh, I'm indifferent. I'm just dying for somebody to ask me that question. Oh, yeah. She's like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? We're, we're talking I about her wedding. This she, for three months. <laughs> yeah, she's talking about her wedding. She's like, and I don't like Instagram. Thing. I was like, we were talking about your wedding. We were talking about Instagram likes for what? No. The wedding was all right, but yeah. still, no likes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's, yeah, it's going to be interesting. So I guess the flip side of it, though, is it will help with a lot of the issues that you do see with social media, which is kind of people getting depressed when they see mm-hmm. all these likes and they don't have likes. And so I guess what do you think about that stuff, the the downside of social media and how it's affecting people's mental health and the positives that this could bring or I guess doing your own detox? Like, what do you do to kind of not get you know jealous of? Mm-hmm. People posting that have one million followers, yeah. and, you know, it's hard. I mean, I think it's human nature. And if I may be honest, uh, you already have been. You don't like Van- <laughs> you don't like Vancouver. I mean, come on. <laughs> she <laughs> loves it. Okay, we've already said that. Love Vancouver. It's her favorite. No, um, to be honest, I really think that um, the mental health issue is something that people really need to in- uh, deal with on a more personal level. I don't think it's a problem with the platform i think the platform should um be careful with bullying and like um um, bad content not bad like offensive content definitely but in terms of the vanity metrics of it i feel like it is the nature of social media and i don't feel like it's the responsibility of the platform to improve your mental health it should be more like i feel like Mentally, I'm not feeling well, which I have definitely felt before. Definitely had days where it wasn't doing well. And I'm like, oh, I feel down today. Like, I don't know why. And like, oh, I know why. Because I didn't get enough likes today. <laughs> but, you yes, know, like, it yeah, affects it me too, for sure. But I learned to deal with it. And I think it is a, a thing you learn over time. And if necessary, you should do a social detox or you can step away from your phone or you can reduce um, your use on social media. Like, I I don't know. I just feel like... What do you do? What have, or what have you done in the past to... Well, let's just say, for example, like, um, Flaming Hot Cheetos are not good for you, right? Just don't eat it. <laughs> do people really like, I'm going to change my recipe, my ingredients for Flaming Hot Cheetos because people are not healthy. Like, just, just don't eat it. Right. I, don't, I don't get it. So true. So what is your inspiration for pictures and also cinemagraphs? Because I do want to talk about that a little bit because that's been something that you've been doing a lot more lately. And they are so cool. Oh, hold on now. Honestly. Just, I forgot. <laughs> They're so She's supposed cool. to talk about her trip to Instagram first. Then we'll talk about <laughs> But I want to talk about the cinemagraphs, okay? <laughs> okay, fine. Cinemagraphs and, and okay, And then go we'll ahead. go back. We'll, okay. we'll end it on the Instagram. Okay. Talk about that. Like, do you have, do, do the idea, ideas come to you? Are you just sitting there like, oh, there's, I'm drinking wine. It would be cool if the wine like squished and like, yeah. you know, how do you come up with those ideas? Yeah. In the beginning, I saw other people doing it and I was like, oh my God, what is this thing? It is so cool. And eventually I figured out how to do it. It's basically just layering a video and a photo in the same thing and creating a video out of it. 
But um, where do you do that Photoshop? Photoshop, okay. mm-hmm. yeah. Photoshop. You can also do it in other things, but I yeah, use there's Photoshop. apps too now to do some of that stuff. Yes, it, I think you so. kind of don't you show some tutorials on I how do. you do certain things as well? Okay. Yeah, and then it's like it's just a basic concept of it. You just need to grab grasp the concept, then you can really apply it to any kind of cinemagraph. And and then after that, I just started seeing situations in life where I'm like, that would be a cool cinemagraph. Or like I did one for a skincare product and the, the wind was just blowing the curtains like really naturally and it was beautiful. It was like this white curtain. I was like, oh, that's really beautiful movement. So I was like, I'm going to do that. So it usually is when you visually see something, then I make it into a cinemagraph. So my, anything with, yeah, go ahead, um, I have to I have to just say my favorite one that I've seen you're doing this crazy move by the subway. You're like oh. matrixing. <laughs> Major. I, ju- I just tried to do it and I like went away from the mic. <laughs> You're gonna have to show me later, Tina. But how, how did you do? That was really cool. Oh yeah, the behind the scenes is actually so embarrassing because I'm just there like in this ridiculous <laughs> outfit with this like flowy sleeves, and then I'm like kicking my legs. <laughs> I'm like kicking my legs up and then almost falling and then I'm like don't fall onto the tracks but it's just it's just like taking a photo and then you like do a separate video where the train is going by so you don't actually get hit by a train. Yeah, that'd be smart. <laughs> Some people probably haven't done that though. <laughs> but probably honest. not. So. But I, I feel like I know it's kind of like sometimes it's embarrassing to do those pictures, but at the same time, it's like New York. There's weirdos yeah. everywhere, so it's just kind of, everyone's just kind of like, okay, yeah, yeah. I don't think people <laughs> even blink an eye. They yeah, just don't yeah that's just what I want to talk about. So where I'm at, the, the office is on on Washington Street in Dumbo, so it's the photo that everyone takes. So that's where our building is, and. Wow, that's, when that's I'm, sad. I'm sorry <laughs> for you. <laughs> no, it's cool. I mean, that's his profile picture. Half of it is entertaining in the sense that, like, I walk out and you see all these people taking the photo, mm-hmm. and they're just doing crazy stuff. And yeah. I just look at them and I'm just wondering what is going through their head for them to get the <laughs> shot. And it's always interesting because, like, they'll go, they'll do the thing, and then they go back to normal. And it's like, so. What do you, what's going through your head when you're getting your shot in the public? Do you feel nervous or embarrassed or? It's definitely embarrassing. But um, usually I try to convince myself in my head. Um, I have a visual of what I want. And so I just keep repeating my head like, this is going to be bomb. This is going to be bomb. Stop caring. You know, they don't care. And I'm just like, these people don't know you. I don't know them. doesn't matter. And so then just like push through. So everybody that I'm looking at is saying, it's going to be bomb. It's going to be bomb. It's going to be bomb. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's still hard to get over the embarrassment, but you just push through. Interesting. So what's been some of the most where you thought it was like really embarrassing, but you obviously pushed through it and it was bomb? You, usually it's it's embarrassing if nobody else is doing it. So you could be doing the most ridiculous thing, but if you're at Trevi Fountain, nobody cares because it's like mm-hmm. 20 other couples doing like all these other engagement shoots. So whatever you do, whatever you wear is not going to be that weird. But let's say you're in a quiet town and suddenly you come out with like this skin tight, ostentatious dress and you're like, Whoosh, whoosh. And then everyone's like, what the <laughs> hell is going on? And you're just like, oh, this is embarrassing. Got so. you. So, yeah, I, I didn't think that people would. Because I just assume that everybody thinks I don't care. But knowing that you're thinking it's kind of embarrassing gives yeah. me a little insight into it, which I, which I find fascinating. Um, Jamal, we can go back to your Instagram oh, right. question yes. now. So you went to Instagram 
-hmm. talk about that experience because I just think that was cool. Yeah, I it's kind of like you made it in a sense when they invite <laughs> you. So I'm, did they reach out to you to invite you there? How did it work? So I actually happened to um, I was followed by a data scientist that worked there, and previously I had posted about like shadow ban problems, and he reached out and was like, "Oh, Wait, shadow ban problems? What? Um, yeah, there's just a lot of issues, like being blocked from liking things. So I think there's there were a few things that they were trying to. Obviously, they're trying to get rid of like bot-like behavior, which is a great thing. But maybe sometimes there's a little bit of an error, and I think that error occurred when I tried to like somebody's photos and I got blocked, and it was like the first photo I liked. Um, so, so then he reached out, and so after that, I was like, "Oh, I'm in New York, gotta meet." So, actually, it was more like that. It was more like a friendly encounter. Oh, yeah. okay. Go back to the shadow ban thing. What? Tell me more about this. So, um. Everybody used to say it didn't exist, and like Instagram came out and said it didn't exist. But one day when I was in Bali, I posted a photo on my stories, and it was these little children playing on the beach, and they were kind of like their butt was out. <laughs> but I thought it was really innocent and cute. They were having so much fun, and um, it it got taken down by Instagram. And then mm -hmm. I got a message saying this violates our community rules. Um, community and, guidelines yeah and in retrospect i'm like duh like of course like i didn't think about that but it was very very like innocent to begin with um and then so right after that i started noticing i started dropping followers and i was like what is going on oh my god and basically it was like my account disappeared from the face of earth like they couldn't search my account what? and um, it wouldn't show up on any hashtags. Even my own hashtag of leather and lace, the things that other people posted would show up, but nothing from my page. So basically people outside of my audience could not find me. And wow. um, yeah, so that was kind of crazy. And how does it, you, you freaked how does out, it, I'm sure. How does it fix? Yeah, so you basically... The general gist that I've heard is that, that two weeks later, they lift the ban. Um, but the thing is, there is a sort of health score Shadow of ban. what I've heard. Sounds deviant. Sounds like a thriller, a movie. <laughs> Shadow ban. Yeah. Sounds like Lord you're of the Rings. Yeah. Of <laughs> yeah. And so it's like you're invisible. It's like wow. that. So I didn't you even reach know they nobody. did that. So they like ghost you. So you basically start losing because you don't gain enough exposure to outweigh your losses. Um, and so, so that happens if they think you're posting objectionable yep. content. Yes. So um, another time it happened to me again, but this time it was a complete uh, just mistake uh, because I was posting a story with my friends and they're like, oh, they are such monkeys. But I think I think that's what triggered it. But I, really? it was just saying like they're because they were sitting on a roof and I was like, oh, they're my friends. They're such monkeys. Maybe they flashed that's a trigger it bullying yeah. or something. And it got taken down, and I was told it was offensive, and I had to, like, file a report and everything. Eventually, they, they recognized it was a mistake, and they lifted it. But that, So it lasted me, like, one or two days. But yeah, mistakes can happen. Wow, this whole shadow ban so thing is very interesting. This is intriguing. Like, Yeah. I had a friend who posted a video of himself skateboarding as a kid. He got banned from what? that. Why? Yeah, it was him, his own video of him himself as a child. Oh, and it wasn't it was a child. There was no nudity, nothing inappropriate. It was just him like skateboarding, and it got flagged. And he didn't know why. You know, 
it, there was nothing you could do. Wow. Other people can mark your content as like they can bad and proper, right? That's another one. Does that happen ways. often? They're like that girl. <laughs> that, that girl that DM'd you. She's like, I don't like her content. Oh my god! I better be nice to everybody. <laughs> no, I um, I do think it. There is a correlation. Um, I think maybe like if a lot of people report your things, then they could ban you. Yeah, I know somebody's account got taken down because too many people were reporting her. Oh wow! But I forget for what reason. She didn't have those proper colors. <laughs> she went with the green and yellow, and not I, the I think blue maybe and she yellow. Said something offensive yeah. to a lot of people. Yeah. 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 Do you ever get scared of that? Of like, do you yeah. reread and read and read again everything you say and like? Definitely. All you actually say is hi. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we do live in a world where political correctness is of the utmost importance. Like you used to be able to say so many things in the eighties, and you know nobody reacted. But nowadays, like you should be conscious and careful. And I want to be all of those, but sometimes it's still hard to get everything, and it's also hard to um, not offend anybody. Yeah, right? I feel like everybody. F- they get mad at everything, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Just straight up punks nowadays. I feel like we're so soft, like extra soft. Like you can't even, everything's a trigger word. Like water. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Ah, water. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, it's and, like, and really? Being an influencer, water? you're like in the spotlight, yeah. you know? So you have to be yeah. extra careful because any little thing that you do could yeah. set people off, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that's that must be stressful at times. Like I put a story up about why I prefer not to tan as like an Asian from Asian culture. My parents are always like, stay out of the sun. Like we don't want freckles on your face like it's bad for your skin you'll get wrinkles so also i explained why socially based on history people prefer to be more pale in asia and um that probably didn't go over well did it well most people actually dm'd and agreed like all Mm -hmm. the asians were like yeah my family too my parents too Mm -hmm. and then i had one lady like she, she was like a she just said like oh as a tan white female i feel offended but what you're saying like you're perpetuating the idea that um tanning is not attractive and i was like that's not what he said yeah people can take they don't understand the culture you're just saying this is my culture (laughs) i'm just trying to explain why my parents think this way and it was enforced upon me and so i am affected by these cultural attitudes that's all i was trying to explain that's how the culture is so I want to end on talking about a new platform. So yeah. I just saw that you posted, guys, I'm finally on TikTok. Yeah. I mean, you didn't say it like that, but I'm just <laughs> copying you. That's how um, he does that's me totally too. how I talk. <laughs> he did me earlier like, oh my God, because we no. all talk like that. So that's the new kid in town. Yeah. You just joined it. Are you starting to think about how you can branch off into new platforms or take this and start doing other stuff you obviously mentioned that you're shooting for other people as well because obviously you can never lay all your eggs in one basket because instagram's taking those likes away soon yeah so just i guess talk about your thoughts on tiktok and how you're going to approach it and just yeah Mm -hmm. right now all my eggs are in one basket but i do want to diversify and actually go back to like blogs um because i think that is a traffic that would basically never go away because people will always search on google um but i also think like youtube like long form video content is the future along with short form video content like tiktok and hence why i joined but i think it's better to join early 
uh, on a platform, then later, um, even though the age group right now is still too young, it's not really the right demographic for, for me, per se. Mm. Um, but then it's still better to be on it than not. Gotcha. So you're just kind of experimenting and exploring. Yeah. And yeah. then you mentioned YouTube. What do you trying to do there or um basically just trying to start a channel but i've said that for the last two years so we'll oh. see <laughs> what kind of content would you want to put on your channel um i would think maybe more like travel vlogs and okay. maybe more tutorials things that can bring value to others so they can learn something gotcha yeah that's actually fairly smart so, i've been talking about starting a youtube channel for Never, I'm lying. Really? I, never, I was like, I was this just, is news to me. I gotcha. Heard that. No. I, mean, <laughs> I, have, I have some ideas. We'll see. I like yeah. micro mobility. There could be something there for me. But I, probably I did not. it for a while. It was fun. Yeah. It's, it's fun to do vlogs and stuff. Would you be of leather and lace on these other platforms? That's actually another reason why I have not started because I just couldn't, like, <sighs> I couldn't decide, like, should I go with my name or should I go with this? And yeah, I've been. Yeah, thwarted. that should be how we end this. <laughs> Let's go through what she should do. Advice column from people who don't have any followers. This is, this is, Tell me, and I'll follow everything okay, you say. Okay, let's do it. You first. This should, okay. be, this should be how we end every podcast. The, we give our, our smart advice. Okay. We give our advice. Tell Sorry, me, this is me making it. me laugh. Oh okay. God. Okay, go ahead. Jamal, expert in all things social media with all right. 200 followers. Damn, why are you gonna, <laughs> it's not even 200, man. Okay, so... The, what we're looking at here is you're trying to decide between your name yeah. and if you want to keep of leather and lace. So yeah. the pros of, of leather and lace, of course, is that people already know it. Mm -hmm. It's big on Instagram. Yeah. That's about it. Oh, no, wait. Your blog is also the same. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. So the you're domain getting, name. So the domain name is, mm -hmm. okay. That's a lot of things going for you. On the other hand, since you're not on a lot of... For instance, you, it's not like you're on yeah, YouTube I'm, I'm not, and yeah. Twitter and TikTok and all of those. So yeah. there is a potential for you to start over, start over, especially on a new platform. But my name is so unsexy. Yeah. <laughs> That's another problem. Tina Lee. Maybe I should make up a you new could, name. You could make up a no, new name. Make exactly. up an alias. Yeah, you Tina should. Lace. <laughs> oh, or Tina okay, Leather. So, okay, okay, so we'll go over to <laughs> okay. you. So, okay, so my final opinion would be... I think you should keep Instagram and the blog for now, but experiment with something new and see if it starts to move the needle. Yeah. And then yeah. if it seems like it's okay, then you can make the switch. Maybe not the Tina Leather, though. I might have some older men asking me to whip them or that's, something. That's true. <laughs> that's like a whole nother platform over there. Like, can I massage wait a, your wait, feet? Wait a minute. <laughs> Tina Lace. Hmm. Mr. D is gone like that. All right. Okay. Best advice ever. No, okay. Um, so it depends. If Do you want to be a personality on YouTube? I mean, like, there's those people that I follow. Used to follow. Yeah, I used to follow Logan Paul, okay? And Casey Neistat. Like, yeah. these people. Those are personalities yeah. to me. Um, I... 
I had YouTube for a while. Um, not it wasn't big or anything, but it was called. We know. Shut up, Jamal. Um, <laughs> it was called the Leading Lady, and I really liked it. But there was always part of me that was like, I want people to know me for my name. Yeah. And yeah. that was such a hard thing for me. It took me two years, but I finally changed it to my name, and now like Good. my Instagram's Congrats. my name and yeah. stuff like that. But I don't. I I don't know if I do ever get more followers. Um. <laughs> I, I want people to know my actual name. Yeah, that's um, true. But that's just, like, me personally. But it's it's hard when you have something different. You already have built something that has a lot of followers under a name. So it the decision would be incredibly difficult. Yeah, and like you said, the personality, like on YouTube... Uh, let's just say if if I was like Logan Paul, I would use my name. <laughs> like yeah. personality. I mean, unless people like like sarcastic, straightforward Asian talk. Like <laughs> I don't know how much personality I can bring to the channel. Yeah. I'm not sure about that. We've got it. We liked your we liked your rants. They were great. Yeah, oh yeah, like an Asian there. lady ranting. I don't know. To people like that's the, <laughs> that's the name of the channel right there. Asian lady ranting. We're Asian done. Lady ranting. Oh, there you got go. You. That's not Easy. bad. That's not, not bad. bad. Oh, yeah. But you'd have to rant, That gives though. me an idea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we got it. Good. We'll take 10%. Thank you. Okay. All right. But well, this thank you. has been amazing. I can't thank believe you, you so showed much. up. Well, <laughs> no, actually, I can't believe I it because you're, you're down the street. She's down the street. <laughs> no, it's great. Thank you so thank much you for so being much here. For so me. interesting. Thank so uh, thank you. And if you're not following her already. It's, oh, that's right. Yes. Um, well, well, hold on. Wait a minute, oh, wait a minute, oh, wait a minute. Oh, oh. because do we want to perpetuate the old name or <laughs> we do do we want no okay we do yes yeah, so it's of leather and lace yes on instagram and of leather and lace.com yes correct and then youtube could be Even asian lady ranting <laughs> to be decided <laughs> yes yes to be decided okay, so all right fun. thank you thank, thank you, you. Thank you for tuning into this edition of InstaFame. This episode is sponsored by Absolutely No One. The show probably has two followers, Jamal and Donna. If by some miracle, you actually enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe on Spotify, Apple, or your favorite listening platform. Have a nice day.